Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10. We're finishing up the, a, a four-part sermon series on The Circle Maker. A, a book by Mark Batterson. You can find this book. This is what the book looks like. You can find this book at, at uh, Amazon.com, ChristianBook.com. You can go to Barnes and Nobles. You can go to the Family Christian Store by Lake Forest Mall. You can go to you can go to pretty much any book supplier, and you can find this book. This book I was looking in the in the Washington Post today is the number ten seller in the Washington D.C. area. I thought that's pretty exciting. Uh, and so this is a powerful book. It will encourage you because God answers prayer. How many of you know that? God answers prayer. God is a miracle working God. God still hears you. God still cares about every aspect of your life. And I want to challenge you, if you've, if you've been absent for whatever reason, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not attacking you. I know busy, people are busy. If you've been busy and you have missed some of these sermons, they're, they're online, um, uh, they're, they're there. And if, they're, if you have an issue with us, for some odd reason there's a disconnection, I don't know. But we're working on the website as well. But uh, the, I checked earlier this weekend and the, three, the last three sermons are there, I think. I think they're there. Uh, if not, we'll get them set up. So, Daniel chapter 10. Daniel chapter 10, verses 12 through 13 says this. Now, before I do that, if you have a word of God, or if, can you do this with me today? The Bible says faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Okay? So what I'm going to say today is not from Stan Nelson, not just from Mark Batterson, but it is from God. And these are the words of life for you today, but you have to receive it. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because I can, I can get up here and blab for the next four hours, which I'm not going to. Um, and, but for the next 45 minutes, whatever I talk about, you can shut me off, you can fall asleep, or you can receive the words of life from God today. And so I'm asking right now that you'd open up your mind, you'd open up your spirit, and I'm asking you, I'm not, this is not a religious thing, but if you want to do a couple things, and just be open. Just be open. If Maybe if you want to open your Bible and you have your Bible open, would you hold it up in front of you? Or have your hands open and say, I just want to receive from you, God. Would you do that? Just do that right now. Open up your Bible. Open up your hands. I'm going to pray. Father, we want to receive from the Word of God today. We recognize that Jesus is the bread of life, and we want to receive this life today. We recognize that you're God today, and we need you today. And so, Lord, speak to us right now. Open hands, open hearts, open minds, open spirits. We, we ask you to fill us with your love and your power and meet our needs today. But speak to us and give us your direction and give us the victory that is promised through Jesus Christ. All of us say, Amen. Alright, so here it is. Daniel chapter 10, verses 10, uh, 12 through 13. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God. Your words were heard and I came in response to them. But the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief priests, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Let me just give you a little background on what's happening. So Daniel and the children of Israel are living in Babylon, which is probably now modern-day Iraq. And they were in captivity. They were, they were exiled. They were taken from Israel. They were taken from Jerusalem, their homeland. And they were living in this place. And, and Israel lived there basically for 70 years in exile. Okay? So imagine being taken from your homeland and being forced to live in a different country for 70 years or more, okay? And so this is what happened. So Daniel is praying. He had, he had been praying for 21 days. He, 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 he did not eat choice foods. To me, choice foods would be like chipotle, okay? Uh, steak, chicken, tofu, if that's your choice food, whatever. I mean, he, he fasted from choice food and fine wine. I don't drink wine, but that might be juice for me or something like that. And so he fasted for 21 days and he, he sought... He saw God's kingdom. And 21 days later, check this out. This, this can happen. On the 21st day, an angel appears to Daniel. Isn't that powerful? 
An angel appears to him and says, Daniel, the first day you set your face to, to God's kingdom, your prayer was heard. But this principality held me back from bringing the answer. And so Michael, the archangel, had to come and release me so I could bring the answer. Now, the, the, the message in this is that we're fighting a spiritual battle, folks, that you and I may not see. And so Daniel was praying. He was seeking God's kingdom. He was waiting on God. And an angel comes to him and reminds him that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We're not weird. We're not wacky. We don't believe there's a demon behind every corner. But there are spiritual forces in, in places that we cannot see. Well, come on, Pastor. But see, you believe in Elvis. You believe in aliens. You believe in Bigfoot. I know you're, some of you are like, what? No, seriously, if you believe in that stuff, but they have a hard time with angels and God. And God made this earth. And He does have angels that surround us and that war force and protect us and, 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 and just help us. And so there are angels around us protecting us. And so sometimes we don't see the demonic forces coming against our family, our friend, our nation, the nations of the world. And so we get discouraged. We stop praying. We, we say, why should I do that? And God is encouraging us through this message to pray, to continue to pray and to dream big, okay? So Daniel's prayers were uttered after 21 days. Now let me think about this. Say this. Think about this. What happened? What would happen if Daniel had quit praying after a week? After 14 days? What, after, what if at 20 days he quit praying? Now it's possible God still would have intervened because the Bible says God answered the prayer. But what I'm encouraging you is, is you and I, we live in a world that wants instant everything. We want answers now. We want God to solve our problem yesterday. Amen? Come on, I do that sometimes. I, I'm saying, God, where is it? I need it now. And, and, and sometimes it just takes time. And you have to think long. You have to pray hard. You have to believe that God can do big things. Amen? On, on the Swedish island of... of um, let me see if I can get it right. Visingo. Visingo. How do they say it there in Sweden? I, I'm, I'm Swedish way back, but that's a long time ago. There was a mysterious forest of oak trees that were not native to this island. There were pine trees, but not oak trees. And so, so they didn't know what happened. But then in 1980, the Swedish Navy received a letter from the Forestry Department reporting that their requested ship lumber was ready. You see, the Navy uh, had discovered that in 1829, the, the Swedish Parliament had planted these trees because they knew that their Navy had needed lumber. Are you following me? So they planted these trees on this island of Finsingo. How do they say it? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, just humor me, Okay. And so they planted these trees and, and later on they say, hey, your lumber's ready. Now that's thinking long, right? That's thinking ahead, right? Right? And so sometimes we always think, right now, where's the answer? And so what's happening is a lot of times in our prayer life, our spiritual life, our relationships, we want instant answers instead of planting seeds that we have to water for years. Amen? You see, for some of you in your lifetime... We are so caught up on this instant success. If I, if I play the lottery today, if I just get this NFL contract tomorrow, if I just get this, this partner, partnership, if I just finish this, this I'll, I'll have it for the rest of my life. Some of us, that's not going to happen until the end of our lives. And you don't like to hear that, but that's just the way it is sometimes. John Maxwell, talking to successful business people, says, uh, one businessman said, I've been working all my life to be an overnight success. You see that? So, so sometimes hard work does pay. In fact, it always pays off. Hard work always pays off. Investing in prayer, investing in your relationships, investing in your faith always pays off. You see, it's not enough just to dream big and pray hard, but you have to think long. Amen? Abraham's dream to, to, to inhabit, it took him a lifetime. Remember, he was 90 years old before he had his first child. And you see, some of us, I mean, we're just in our prime, some of us. 
And so a lot of times we get so impatient about what God is doing. God is saying, hey, pray, pray big, pray hard, but think long as well. Don't give up. Keep doing the right thing because God has an answer. God will take care of you. Amen? Amen? You see, we, we tend to think that we can overestimate. And I'm guilty. I, and my wife's getting, helping me better. But I, I will tell her, hey, hon, we're, we're going to go here at 4 o'clock, but it's 3 o'clock. But let me run to these four places in between because I can get this stuff done. And then we can be there at 4 o'clock. And I'm getting better. I don't do it as much. But see, I overestimate instant success or if I can knock these things out because I, I'm just, I like to get things done sometimes. This is the way I am. But sometimes I have to realize I have to just slow down and say, you know what, okay, I'm just going to take the hour relaxed until we, can, until we have to go to that next appointment or that next thing. And it's hard for me because I'm, I'm hyper. As you noticed, if you haven't noticed it yet, it's hard for me to sit still for more than 30 seconds in one place, okay? But sometimes we have to say, you know what, let me not underestimate a lifetime of investing, of doing the right thing of praying, of seeking the face of God, believing in my dream. It may not happen tomorrow. It may not happen next month. It may not happen next year. It may not even happen in 10 years. But maybe in 15 years, maybe in 20 years, this dream will come true. Amen? You see, we have to think long. We are, we are, we are addicted to instant gratification. And it's killing us. Come on, right? Come on, right? Some of you are paying credit card bills because you want an instant gratification. Come on, amen? Amen? And other things like that. We've got to be delivered from this lifestyle. We have to say, God is a big God. I'm going to keep dreaming big. I'm going to keep praying hard. But I'm also going to think long. Amen? Here we go. So let's talk about this. To their knees. Number one, to their knees. Number one, letter A. When Daniel was on his knees, he brought kings and kingdoms to their knees. Think about this just for a second. If you've never read the book of Daniel in the Bible, I strongly encourage you to read the book of Daniel. It's a fairly short book. It's very powerful. It tells you about his life in exile. Many of you remember that Daniel was, was, was set up by, by law and he was thrown into the, the lion's den and God spared him. He, him and his, his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, were set up again. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. They did not get burned. They didn't smell like smoke. They were delivered from the fiery furnace. Remember those? Those aren't just fairy tales. Those things actually really happened. Daniel is, is recorded in Assyrian and Babylonian history as being... Uh, uh, one of the top government officials. So it's, it's historically proven that Daniel existed. Okay? And so when Daniel got on his knees, he brought kings and kingdoms to their knees. You see, sometimes in the world, right now, there's a lot of stuff going on here locally. There's a lot of stuff going on nationally. There's a lot of stuff going on internationally. And I don't know about you, but I, I mentioned this, but sometimes I turn on the news, I read it on the internet, I read the paper, and I get discouraged. I get frustrated. I get angry. And I say, what are we going to do? And a lot of times God reminds me, what are you going to do? Are you going to get on your knees and you're going to make something happen? Or are you going to whine about it? Are you going to let tragedies and, and, and uh, uh, bad things happen? Or are you going to get on your knees? Let me tell you this. Sometimes we might say our government's out of control. We might think a business is out of control. We might think a group is out of control. You know what Daniel did? Instead of protesting, he got on his knees. And he brought a nation to its knees. And you see, you and I as Christians, we, we underestimate and we undervalue the power of prayer. And I, I'm good. I encourage you to vote. I encourage you to call politicians. I, I encourage us to sign petitions when, when there's injustice or injustice in the world. But I encourage you first and foremost to get on your knees and say, God of heaven, I'm going over the head of this situation and I'm trusting in you. Daniel did this on more than one occasion. And you and I, listen friends, prayer, listen, prayer is the most powerful weapon a believer has in their arsenal. 
You can change a nation by getting on your knees. Oh, yeah, that's great, Pastor. How do I pay my bills? Get on your knees. Ask God to help you pay your bills. You have marital problems? Get on your knees. You have physical problems? Get on your knees. You've got other issues? Get on your knees and ask the God of heaven to intervene. And I'm guaranteeing you He will do that. Amen? I'm challenging you, church. I know you get tired of me talking about this, but this is the truth. The truth will set you free. And you can change nations by getting on your knees. Amen? 2 Corinthians, listen to this, 2 Corinthians 10, 3-6, I have the scripture, I believe, says, it's so, for, for we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of this world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. You can take captive the demonic forces that are destroying this nation. Destroying the nations of the world. You can take captive injustice and say, Father, bring justice, bring peace, bring provision, bring your power in my family, in my situation, my work, my business, in this place. Daniel ranks as one of the most intelligent men of his time. His, his aptitude in, in wisdom and knowledge was, was off the charts. He knew more about science than a lot of people of his time. He could explain riddles and solve problems like, like no one else in his generation. Yet his biggest strength was his prayer life. God gave him, all of you, you're smart, you're good looking, your hair looks great today. I mean, everything about, you've got everything together today. You're ensemble, that's how you ladies talk, right? You look great today. But your greatest strength is not your wonderful smile, it's not your perfect hair or your perfect lack of hair. Your strength today is your ability to get on your knees and say, God, I need you to intervene in my situation. God, I need you to provide for this. That is your greatest strength, Amen. As smart as you are, as, as, as you have a high intelligent quotient, but your prayer quotient should be the highest thing of your life. Amen? God is able to do things, but you just got to get on your knees. Amen? Daniel's circle. We're talking about, some of you don't know what we're talking about, circling, uh, circling our situations in prayer. Um, there was a severe drought between the Old Testament and New Testament in Israel. And this, this prayer warrior named Honi, H-O-N-I, or uh, anyway, that's how, one of the ways it spells it, Honey got, he got a circle in the sand and he circled it and he stepped into that circle and said, God, I'm not leaving this circle until it, until it rains on the land. And he prayed and he prayed and finally the rain came. And it's, it's a historical event. You can find it. You can Google it. You can do whatever. You can look in some books. Honey prayed and God answered. And so what we're talking about, the premise of what we're talking about, just to catch some of you up today who have missed it for whatever reason, is we're talking about putting prayer circles around our situation putting a prayer circle around our family, putting a prayer circle around our nation or the nations of the world, saying, God, I'm going to stay in this circle until you answer this prayer, until you receive glory and honor, okay? So that's what we're talking about. And so, so Daniel, he, he prayed circles around his nation and upon his, his people and upon the land that he was living in. And he got on his knees and he brought kings and kingdoms to their knees. I want to remind you again, you have the ability through prayer to bring kings and kingdoms to their knees. Amen? I challenge you. I dare you. Can I do that? I dare you to get on your knees this week and pray for this nation to change. I dare you to get on your knees and pray for your nation. Maybe this is not your home country. I dare you. And I want to challenge you to believe that God can do it. Amen? God can do things like that. He does it when His people call on Him. Amen? Let her be. Don't just pray on bad days, but pray every day. Oh, Pastor, how boring is that? I'm tired of hearing you talk about that. Pray every day. Daniel didn't just pray when he was in the lion's den. 
Daniel didn't just pray when he was in the fiery furnace. Daniel prayed every day. He didn't just offer up 9-11, prayers. He prayed always. It was the rhythm of his life. And you have to make prayer a rhythm of your life. Just like eating, just like drinking your coffee or, or your whatever you do in the morning, you've got to make prayer part of your normal day. This has to be something that, that's a part of your life. Amen? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says, Pray without ceasing. Ephesians 6.18 it says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Not only pray for your situation, but pray for your family, friends, your, your country, but pray for other believers. Amen? So, so on, on the bad days, pray, but on the good days, pray too. Amen? Let her see. Let me move on, because I want to move on. Never, let her see. Ascendancy through prayer. Ascendancy through prayer. I know it's a big word for some of us, and me. But in other words, it means promotion through prayer. Promotion through prayer. You see, if you want to get ahead of life, let me, let me give you a little secret. And I'm not even going to charge you for that. You don't have to pay me. There's, this is not a seminar. If you want to get ahead in life, you need to have a life of prayer. Let me give you a case in point. Daniel. Daniel got on his knees and God made Daniel the second in charge. One of the top people in charge of the empire of Babylon. And if you've ever known your history, it was a huge, from, over, from India into part of, of Europe and, and into, into uh, the Middle East and uh, even up into parts of uh, what we might call into Russia and those places. He was in charge because he got on his knees. You see, we live in, we live in a society that emphasizes self-promotion. And you see, self-promotion, check this out, is usually rooted in our lack of our trust in God. When you have to promote yourself, I'm, just, I'm being honest with your friend, you have a lack of your trust in God, of who He's called you to be. You see, the emphasis of our current age is, hey, be known and find ways to get known. If you don't promote yourself, you won't get promoted. I, I say that's a lie. I say God will promote you. When you're doing the right thing, you're on your knees and you're, you're just working hard and you believe in God for things, He will promote you to bigger things. You see, self-promotion can, can, can go against you. Did you know that? But when God promotes you, there's nothing that can stop that. Isn't that awesome? Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't work hard. I'm not saying you should put your name on things that you write a book or an article or, or a law thing that you do or a medical thing. And there's nothing wrong with that. But don't say, hey, look at me. I'm the best person there. In the... Lift me up. Come on now. God doesn't like that. But if you allow Him to lift you up, your life's going to be better. Amen? You see, if you look, I, I never saw a place where Jesus promoted Himself. In fact, I'm hard-pressed to see where Jesus promoted anything. He might have promoted a few things, but I'm hard-pressed. And if we take the heart of Jesus and we live like Jesus, we will be promoted in God's eyes. And God will put us in places to make a difference. Daniel saved his people. Queen Esther saved her people. Maybe you can save your people by allowing God to promote you. Amen? You see, the, the ascendance of Daniel defies political science, but it defines the power of prayer. You want to get a job promotion? Get on your knees. You want to do well in school? Get on your knees. You're having a career change? Get on your knees. You want to discover something? Get on your knees. You need help with a relationship? Get on your knees. Amen? Trust in God to be your promoter. He will do it. Amen? You doing all right? We have to learn to let the favor of God open our doors. And I'm all about looking for God's open doors. And I'm all about spiritual warfare and fighting hard. But a lot of times, sometimes we have to sit back and let God open doors. Allow His favor to go before you and open doors instead of forcing your way on things and situations. Amen? 
And we know the difference when we have to fight for something or we have to sit back is when we have a life of prayer. When you calm down and you just say, God, I'm going to listen today. I want to hear from you. Turn off the distractions and listen to God. Amen? It doesn't matter your station in life. It doesn't matter who you are, where you're at. But if you stop, drop, and pray, I guarantee you watch God do some miraculous things in your life. Amen? In fact, here we go. Stop, drop, and pray. Number two, stop, drop, and pray. Listen to this. I'm just kind of giving you an emphasis because of the time we live in. Daniel prayed even when it was outlawed. Daniel prayed even when it was outlawed. I hope you've discovered by now that the kingdom of God is at odds with the kingdom of mankind. As much as I love this country and I I feel blessed, I love every country, I love every nation, I love every people, every person of, of all lands. And I feel blessed to have been born in this nation. I feel blessed. But I know that th- even though I love this nation and I love these people and I love all nations of the world, all the nations of the world and the world system is against God's kingdom. And I'm an American citizen legally, but I'm a, I'm a citizen of heaven first and foremost. And that's the kingdom I draw the most allegiance to. I will say the Pledge of Allegiance, I will vote, I, w- I will do, I will pray for this nation, but my first priority is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God and the kingdom of mankind are always crashing and clashing. Mark 13, 13 says this, All men will hate you because of me. This is Jesus. But he who stands firm to the end will be saved. Hebrews 12, 28 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, let us be thankful and so worship God acceptably with reverence and all. God's kingdom cannot be shaken. Did you know that? Kingdoms come and go. I know I say this a lot, but God's kingdom has always remained and will always remain. Did you know that? I mean, I, I love history. I love history. And, and again, I love the time and age, but did you know that someday, hopefully, there'll be another generation, they're going to look back and see that America once was this great kingdom and then it, it went off and did something different. Maybe that'll be a thousand years, but if you look at all of the kingdoms of man, they rise and they fall. They rise and they fall. But the kingdom of God is always over all those. It transcends all those all the time. So I'm challenging you to put your faith first in this kingdom be a good citizen. Be a responsible citizen of whatever country you are, you're a citizen of. But put your faith and trust in God first. Amen? Because it's against the kingdom of God. Listen to this. I know this is harsh. James 4.4 4 says this. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship of the world is hatred towards God? Anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. In other words, if you choose the things of the world, which are destructive overall. I mean, there are some good things. There are good traits. There are some good things happening in this world. But it's because God moving in us. But if we love the world more than we love God, we're enemies with God. Because the kingdoms of man are against the kingdom of God. They want to keep you in bondage and God wants you to be free. 1 Peter 2, 11 and 12 says, Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God in the day He visits us. Now if you think about Daniel, Daniel did that. He did not act like the world. He was serving God. People made fun of him. They, they, they put him in a fiery furnace. They put him in a lion's den. But his good deeds saved that land and saved those people. Think about that. You don't have to be like the world. Be, be what God has called you to be. Be the original you. Amen? And let God use you to change people's lives. Amen? You're awesome. You have power. You see, Daniel was in the lion's den in the fire furnace for praying. And I know it, it, it's... It's right now there is a there is a political correctness campaign against the church in all of the world. 
You can't speak the name of Jesus. Why? You curse the name of Jesus. Why can't I bless the name of Jesus? Amen? I mean, you can pray in any other name, but they don't like it when we have pray in the name of Jesus. Why is that? Because there's power in the name of Jesus. Jesus said, my name is the name above all names. Remember that? That's why people are offended at the name of Jesus. It's okay for them to curse Jesus. It's okay for, for a star or a TV person to say, oh, I bless God, but then bleep, 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 and, and curse the name of God. That's okay. But when you and I say, Father, in Jesus' name, no, you can't do that. You see, Daniel said, I don't care if it's illegal. I'm going to pray. And you see, my friends, I'm challenging you. Don't be afraid of praying. Don't be afraid, well, I'm going to lose my job. So what? God will take care of you. Really? Well, are you going to pay my bills? No, God will pay your bills. When you live for the right thing, God will always take care of you. Don't be afraid. Even if it becomes illegal to live a biblical life, don't be afraid because God will always take care of you. Pray with the big picture in mind. Like Daniel. Daniel prayed with the big picture. He knew that Jerusalem would not be rebuilt for another 70 years, but he kept praying, God, let Jerusalem be rebuilt. God, send your people out. Let things happen. You see, we want instant success. And we might feel a little pressure by the world system and think, well, there's no use in that. I'm challenging you. Don't compromise. Keep praying. Keep believing. Amen? Keep, keep expecting. If, if things might not happen for the next generation or 20 years or 50 years or 100 years away. But pray. Daniel prayed. He dreamed. I'm challenging you. Pray with the big picture in mind. Pray with the long view in mind. Let her be. Dreaming requires thinking long. Dreaming Dreaming requires thinking long. Daniel prophesied that it would, it would take 70 years before Jerusalem would be rebuilt. I'm challenging you. I know I've already talked about this. I'm challenging you to pray big, think big, and think long. Amen? You see, sometimes... In fact, John Maxwell talks about he was out with his grandfather and his grandfather uh, was planting fruit trees out on their farm. And John Maxwell said, said, Grandpa, why are you planting these trees? Because you're, you're never going to have one of these apples. And he said, Son, I'm doing this for you so that you'll have apples. And you see, all the trees that are planted, someone planted them for me. And you see, sometimes in this get-rich-quick society, have everything now, we're always we're eating our seed, we're eating everything up instead of planting for the next generation. Instead of planting for future generations. Remember the, the, the Swedish parliament had some insight and said, we're going to plant trees for future generations of, Navy, of the Navy. And you see, in your life, sometimes you're going to pray and you're not going to see something happen for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years. Maybe after you've gone to heaven, things aren't going to happen. I'm challenging you to pray big, pray long, okay? Think long and and believe hard, amen, that God is going to do something. God-given dreams are always worth praying for. It's worth the price. Galatians 6, 9 says, Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Don't give up. Amen? God has not given up on you. Don't give up on Him. Amen? Let her see. Let her see. Long, boring prayers can bring big results. Pastor, this is boring today. Would you preach something that would bring life to me? I sound like one of my professors in college said he taught like this in chemistry. Eight o'clock in the morning. This is how he talked. And I got an F in the class. Because I had a hard time paying attention. But sometimes long, boring prayers bring big results.
And I got an F because I, it was really more me than him. Okay. Drawing prayer circles often feels like long and boring processes, and it can be frustrating. It can be frustrating. But I'm challenging you, continue to pray. Pastor, you keep talking about this. Will you get on? No, I've got to get this into you. Repetition helps us sometimes. Amen? We've got to hear good news sometimes three or four or five or a hundred times before it sinks in. And sometimes we pray and we wonder if God is really hearing us. Does it really, does it really matter? The answer is yes. Sometimes His silence is deafening. And you see, sometimes we circle things in prayer. We circle cancer in prayer. We circle our spouse, our relationships, our kids in prayer. We circle our government in prayer. We circle our pastor saying, Oh God, would you help our pastor? <laughs> please, yeah, please keep praying for me. We circle our church. We circle situations. And we keep praying and we say, God, is it going to make a difference? I'm answering you today. It will make a difference. Keep praying even if it takes 70 years. Keep praying if it takes 100 years. Some of you might live that long. I don't know. Pray through, amen? You see, if we pray long and boring prayers, our lives will be anything but boring. Because we'll begin to see God do the miraculous in our lives. We'll begin to see great things happen because we're connected with God. We're in tune with His voice. We're, we're going out in His power, amen? Let me talk for a few minutes before we end and we pray at the end here. I want to talk about some prayer postures. Okay, you doing good? You doing all right? Slap your neighbor. No, don't do that. I'm just trying to get your attention. Don't do that. Don't slap your neighbor. Slap yourself if you have to. Don't. Okay, whatever. I'm just trying to get your attention, all right? Let me talk about some prayer postures, okay? Just for a few moments here this morning. Letter A is physical posture is important in prayer. Now, there's no magic in you and I getting on our knees in prayer. There's no magic to this. There's no magic to you and I raising our hand. There's no magic to if maybe you lay prostrate before the Lord in prayer. There's no magic to any of that. But what it does, it says, God, I am submitting to you. I'm I'm putting myself in a place where I want you. So oftentimes, a posture in prayer represents an attitude of saying, God, I submit to you because he is the king of kings, right? I mean, if... Now, I know some of you would get upset, but if if President Obama came in here, some of you would be like, oh, oh, you know, like somebody like... But all of us would treat him with honor, Right? Right? Okay, or your favorite sports star came and you'd be like, like, you know, your favorite sports star is Tim Tebow, right? Okay, so if Tim Tebow came, you're like, oh, wow, nice to meet you, Mr. Tebow. Wow, you know, oh, wow, you know, right? <laughs> Come on. But, but when it comes to God and the, king, you know, the kingdom of God, we're like, well, hey, God, you, you owe this to me, man. Give me the food I, I deserve. Pay my bills, God. Is that how you treat God? The king of the universe the creator of God, the, the creation that He has made, we treat Him like He's just nobody sometimes. And so sometimes you've got to get on your knees before God. And you've got to pray. Say, Lord, I am, just, I am in need of You. I need You today, God. Or when you raise your hand, you're saying, I surrender to You, God. He is the King of all creation. Last time I looked, no one, no one was elected over Him. He is still the King of all. And so sometimes we've got to posture our hearts and, and sometimes posture is a tone in our prayer communication. You see again, like kneeling, kneeling is, is just saying, I, I, I need you, God. Putting your hands up and saying, I surrender. Worshiping God out loud, that can be a posture. That can be a posture of heart. Laying on of hands. So often, uh, sometimes we'll lay on hands, we'll anoint the Lord. There's no magic in that, but there is something about, there's something mystical about it. There's something that happens when we do that. 
dropping to your knees demonstrates, I need you, God. Check this out. Nehemiah chapter 8, 5 and 6. So this is a few years. This is after Daniel's time. Daniel might, might have still been alive in, in Babylon. But Nehemiah goes back and he takes Ezra and takes different people. And they're rebuilding the walls in Jerusalem. Check this out. They find the book of the law. And Ezra, verse 5, Ezra opened the book. All the people could see him because he was standing above them. And as he opened it, the book of the law, the people all stood up. So they stood to honor the word of God. And check this out. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded. We surrender. They were surrendering. Amen, amen. Then they bowed down and worshipped the Lord with their faces to the ground. In other words, they got down on their faces before God. Do you see that? And so sometimes you and I have to be willing to do that in our prayer life, in our worship. Psalm 28.2 Hear my cry for mercy as I call to you for help as I lift my hands towards your most holy place. Psalm 95.6 Come let us bow down and worship. Let us kneel before the Lord God, our Maker. So sometimes in your prayer life a bowed knee, an arms up, or a laying down prostrate is, is, a, is an attitude of submission to God and saying, God, I, I acknowledge your God in my life. Your family might think you're crazy if they come home and they find you on the floor. But if they hear you praying, they'll understand. They might see it all. And you, in fact, maybe you came to our church and you saw us lifting our hands. You're like, what is wrong with this church? Because we're submitting to God. We're worshiping. We're obeying the Scriptures. Letter B. There's nothing magical about laying on of hands. James chapter 5, 13 through 16. Just let me just give you a, a biblical explanation why we do this. James 5, 13 through 16. If any one of you is in trouble, he should pray. If anyone is happy, let him sing songs of praise. If anyone of you is sick, he should call for the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil. So sometimes you see us anointing people with these little oil. This is just olive oil. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. If he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. You see, there's nothing magical about me laying my hands on. There's nothing magical about another believer laying hands on you. There's nothing magical about us anointing with oil, but there's something biblical about it. There is something mystical in the sense that God commands us to do it. And so what we're doing is we're saying we're needing God's intervention. And oftentimes in the Old Testament, they would anoint people if they were sick or they were crowning them for a work of... In fact... If, if we did Old Testament anointing, you'd have to bring a change of clothes. And we'd have to have hardwood floors in here because they would take vials of anointing oil and they would pour it over the head of the person until it came over their face. And we'd just take a little dab and we'd like, you know, put a little dab on you. But there's a, there's a spiritual significance about this. There's nothing magical about it, but what we're doing is we're practicing a tradition from God that acknowledges that we again need God's oil in our lives. We need His presence in our lives. We, we, we acknowledge that God can move through other people by Him allowing them and basically to work through them. We are standing on the shoulder of the saints that have gone before us. We're practicing a biblical thing that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years. Do you understand that? There's no magic in me laying hands on you. There's no magic on someone laying hands on you. There's no magic in the oil. But what we're doing is we're saying, God, we're asking you to intervene. We're, we're obeying the scripture according to James chapter 5. Does that make sense? So you, some of you wonder why when I, at the end of the, of the service I'll have people come up and sometimes I anoint you with oil because it's a biblical thing. Okay? Because we want to do it. So let us see. Let us see. Biblical, biblical traditions never go out of style. Fashions come and go, right? I mean, it's, some of you, if you just hold on to your stuff in about 10 years it's going to come back. You know, and so, so what's in vogue, what's vogue today is not vogue tomorrow, right? 
what's Vogue tomorrow? And I mean, it just, it's just, and, and so, so, so humans, we're just always changing style, changing hairdo, you know, changing music. I mean, you know, I remember when, uh, you know, I, lo- I love all kinds of music, and, and except for, I have a hard time with country, no offense if you like country music. Some of it I can deal with, but after, anyway. But like, I, I like big band music. I like swing music, you know, so I, I like listen to that. And I remember there was a little bit of like a revival, and I was like, oh, this is cool, because I like the music. Uh, I like classical, I like rock, I like hip-hop. I struggle with country. No, no offense there. But music, same thing. It comes and goes. And you see, our, we're so caught up in that. Human traditions swing like a, a pendulum. But one thing for sure is Bible traditions never go out of style. Praying never goes out of style. Living a righteous life through Jesus Christ, even the law, the law tries to outlaw it, it never goes out of style. It changes lives. It brings restoration. It brings miracles. It brings life. And so I want to challenge you to some of the things that we do. We might say, well, man, we've got to do some new things. We've just got to get back on our knees and get back to Bible basics. Just being honest with you. We need to get back to believing that God answers prayer. Amen? We need to get back to preaching the good news of Jesus Christ. When we practice prayer, these prayer postures prescribed in the Bible, it helps us to focus in and submit to God and see God do big things in your lives. Amen? Are you doing good? Let me talk about fasting just for a few minutes. I'm specifically, I'm talking about not a total fast where Jesus did a 40-day fast where he just drank water and he fasted from all food. I'm going to talk about a Daniel fast. Daniel, as we just saw here in Scripture, here it is. Daniel 10, verses 2 and 3 says, At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food, no meat or wine, touched my lips, and I used no lotion at all until the three weeks were over. Now, letter A, write this down. Fasting can fast-track your prayers. Now, how many of you, how many of you know, have been to the airport? Anybody been to an airport? How many know what an airport is? How many know what an airplane is? I'm just trying to get you... So how, I don't know about you, but, but you know, when you go to the airport, sometimes you're in a hurry, right? You ever been in a hurry? Like, i got to get there. And they have those moving sidewalks, you know what I'm talking about? And, and you, get, you get annoyed with the people that are just standing in the way. And you're like, come on, move over, because i got to get... Now, what, sometimes what fasting is like, it's like that, that moving sidewalk. It gets you to the location a little bit faster sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. It's like getting on that magic sidewalk and it moves you just a little bit faster because you're saying, God, I'm submitting my life to you. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop these choice foods. And I'm going to get on, on my face and I'm going to believe for you. Fasting can be an extremely effective part of prayer in critical times in our lives. A Daniel fast, listen, because I, I love to eat, man. I, I know I talk about that. I love to eat. I work out so I can eat. Well, I work out some be alive, but I, I love to eat, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I am an omnivore. I, I'm, I'm vegetarian except when I eat meat. Okay, I love to eat, and so it's a challenge for me to fast. It's a challenge for me to fast when I when I go without food for a little while, or if I just go without certain types of things. But what a Daniel fast is this? If you look here in Scripture, Daniel fast basically is it's fruit, vegetables, and water. And oftentimes when we pray and we fast in tandem, it, some, it, it moves the heart of God sometimes. Now, if you're doing it to twist his arms, it's not going to work. But if you're doing it to say, God, I, 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 I'm desperate for you. I'm going to submit my flesh to you right now. I'm going to do away with this certain kind of food. I'm going to do away with this right now because I'm believing for a great thing to happen. Amen? Let me talk about some practical ways to fast. Let there be some practical ways to fast. Okay, if you fast, don't just fast to fast. All right, you got, you got that? Fast for a specific time and for a specific reason. 
for a specific thing. Amen? Are you, are you tracking with me? Okay? Now listen to this also. I'm, I'm going to say this. If you're diabetic or if you have other medical concerns, I, I'm asking you to talk to your doctor first about fasting. If you are diabetic and you need certain foods, then you should not forego those foods. If you have to eat certain foods with a certain kind of medicine, don't fast that. Do you see what I'm saying? Don't be foolish. I'm just going to be honest with you. Well, God will protect me. God also gives you a brain to use. Okay? Don't over-spiritualize things. If you have to have a certain kind of food, don't miss it. Okay? If you have low blood sugar, okay, like my household, I have three ladies in my home, they get low blood sugar, and so I, I carry snacks everywhere with me so that their low blood sugar doesn't attack me. Some of you understand that. I get low blood sugar too sometimes, okay? If you have low blood sugar, don't stop fasting. Drink juices. Eat, eat some oranges. I mean, just say, God, this is the kind of fast I'm going to do. Honor me as I'm honoring you in this area. Does that make sense? Okay? So, so there's some practical steps. Start simple. Maybe skip a meal and drink juice. Maybe fast TV. Maybe, maybe fast social media. Some of you would be shocked if you said, I'm going to fast texting for a day. Some of you can't even do it. I'm not daring you to do it just for the sake of it. I'm daring you to do it, say, during that time, that time I would have spent on texting or Facebook or LinkedIn or, or whatever that you do, say, instead of that time, I'm going to spend that time in prayer for a specific situation. I challenge you. Do that. Maybe, maybe turn off your favorite TV show. Maybe turn off your TV. I knew one pastor that over the summer they would, they would turn off their cable and they would, shut off, they would unplug all their TVs. Can you imagine your life without TV? Praise God, right? Something like, no, what would I do? You would have more time to pray. You'd have more time to visit. You'd have time for a life group. Isn't that awesome? So during that time, whatever time that you're going to forego something, fast. Spend some time fasting. Spend some time praying. Say, God, I'm going to see you do a work in my, my life. You see, let me say this. Self-denial is not the focus. You understand this? Self-denial is not the focus. Seeking God is the focus. You're saying, God, Chipotle is important to me, but it's not as important as you. I'm kind of being joking, but I'm kind of serious. God, I enjoy my social media, but, but you're more important. I'm going to spend some time with you. Do you see what I'm saying? You're saying, God, I'm foregoing something that's important to me so that I can focus on you. I'm guaranteeing you, if that's your right heart and your right attitude, I'm guaranteeing you God will begin to move and do some great things in your life. Amen? Okay? So I'm challenging you. Do, do a Daniel fast. Don't fast from eating completely, but maybe just eat certain types of foods, okay? Again, if you, if you have medical needs or you're diabetic, talk to your doctor before you change anything, okay? But then, though, in your prayer and fasting, expect great things to happen. Number five, an empty stomach. Right, right before lunch, right? Empty stomach. Fasting is a form of prayer circling. Okay, we talked about circling. It's like a double circle around your prayer. Fasting is a, a form of prayer circling. And, and listen, I want to write. I want to read to you what Mark Batterson said. An empty stomach may be the most powerful prayer posture in Scripture. Remember, we talked about getting on our knees. We talked about raising our hands. We talked about anointing oil. Sometimes fasting is a prayer posture, saying, "God, I am need of you to do this work in my life, or my family, or my church." And you see, some miracles may only be possible through the tandem of praying and fasting. Fasting not only purges your body, but it helps you to focus your mind. Because you see, we forget. Okay, poke your skin, right? You're human, right? But you're also a spirit being. And sometimes we forget that we are spiritual people. And sometimes you have to just remind yourself, I'm not just flesh and blood, I'm a spirit being as well. I have spirit, I have body, I have soul, I have, I have mind. And, and so I have to 
get my body and my spirit connected. And sometimes prayer and fasting, a combination does that. It gets you connected with God again. It gets you with your spirit reconnected. Maybe you need to draw a double circle around your situation, your children, your friendship, your business, your nation, the nation of the world by prayer and fasting. Too often we, we take prayer for granted or we treat it as old-fashioned. I'm telling you, this is a good old-fashioned thing. Some old things are good. Right? So, so I'm, I'm old-fashioned. I like to eat. That's old-fashioned. I'm old-fashioned in a lot of areas. But I like new things as well. But this is an old-fashioned, proven work of God. When people get on their knees, when they pray, when they circle around, when they call on God, God answers prayer. Amen? You see, we want answers yesterday. But God says, I want you to pray because I want you to receive my glory. I want to work in your life. Would you stand with me this morning? Father God, we desperately need you today. Help us in this room not to give up on prayer. Help us not to give up on you. Help us not to give up on the thing you've called us to do. That dream, that vision, that purpose. Help us not to give up on our relationships that you've given us. Help us not to give up on a career you're calling us to, or school, or, or our, our family, or friend. Help us not to give up on the things you've called us. Definitely, Lord, let us not give up on the church and other believers. We need you to work in our lives, God. And so, Lord, I'm praying that anything is possible if we keep praying. Encourage this great church. Encourage my friends that are visiting today that, God, they need to keep praying and believing and expecting great things to happen because you are a great God. It might take three months. It might take three weeks. It might take ten years. But, God, you're able to do all things. And so, Father, help us not just to pray hard. Help us not just to pray believing and pray big, but also help us to pray long, Lord. Sometimes our prayer life might be boring, but God, our lives will be anything but boring when we pray and believe and expect great things. So this morning, I'm asking for miracles. I'm asking as we sang that song this morning that You'd open up the sky, Lord. You'd open up heavens today. And You'd refresh people that are tired, they're weary. I would pray that You'd do the miraculous today in relationships. If there's a broken marriage, if there's a broken relationship between a mom and a child or a a sibling's God, or if there's a a broken friendship among believers or or family members, that You would heal it today. I'm asking for financial miracles for those who need financial miracles. I'm praying for healing for those who need healing. I'm praying for power and those who need power. Lord, I'm asking for open heaven right now. And I'm asking You to intervene in those. There are some of us in this room. We're at our last straw, God. And this is our last hope. God, this is the right place to be today because You're God. And You're going to answer prayers. And we're going to draw a circle around our situation. And we're going to get in that circle. And we're going to say, God, we're going to seek Your face until You provide or You show Yourself or You make Yourself known and You do Your great work. And that's what You want to do, God. And so, Lord, help my friends in this room not to give up. Let them not quit. Let them keep praying. Let them keep expecting. Let them trust in these old-fashioned ways that work all the time. If Daniel can pray and get on his knees and bring bring nations to their knees, we can get on our knees and we can bring nations to their knees. We can do it, Lord God. Help us to believe in You. Help us to expect You to do that. Let us receive Your power today. Friends, with your eyes still closed, your head still bowed, just for the privacy of those around you. I, I said earlier in our worship meeting, that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. With your heads bowed, eyes closed, don't worry, we're not going to do anything weird. You can look at me, that's fine, I don't care. But I'm asking, maybe this morning you've heard about this Jesus, or you've, you've once served Jesus, or, or you know that you need Jesus this morning. The Bible says that whoever believes and confesses that He is the Lord will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from this world. Saved from destruction. Maybe this morning you say, you know what, I want to give my life to Jesus. 
And if that's you, maybe the Holy Spirit's drawing you right now. And you want to give your life to Jesus. Would you just quickly raise your hand and say, that's me. I need to give my life to Jesus right now. I need to surrender my life to Jesus. Any more hands up? I see those hands, okay? Go ahead and put your hands down. Let's pray. Father, for those who raise their hands this morning, I ask that 